0: Yes. Like if I could say Santa Claus is real, yes. that's a thought that I have memorized. Yeah, but I don't believe it. Yeah, uh, sorry, <laughs> we're, we're getting into this. Says so I, <laughs> oh, I, I dude, may have. If there are dude, children. Okay, go to Peter's counseling. I, okay, there <laughs> are children listening to, to this. Santa is real if your parents say so. But if he's, if your parents say he's not, then he's not. Um, but that, that's dude, that's a, that's something just, I have you memorized.
1: Just, you just destroyed Santa. Claus. I know. I know. <laughs> Please,
0: uh, you you'll need to put a parental advisory on this podcast.
1: Hey, this is Colby, and welcome to the Learn by Doing Podcast. Super excited about our conversation today with one of my favorite people, somebody that means so much to me and has really, man, changed my life uh, in a lot of ways just by his influence and love, support, guidance, and counseling. And and so today on the podcast, we have one of my favorite people, Mr. Peter Pignon. Peter, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, man. Hey, Thank you. Yeah, we're so excited um, to have you. Here today with us for uh, a short amount of time just talking about uh, counseling, your profession, and mental health, and uh, some things that I've learned and, and things that you've taught me because you've been my counselor for, I don't know, a long time, over a year, I think. It's been awesome. Yeah, it's been awesome, man, and just a journey that um, you've uh, we've been able to walk together and how God, man, you just being a Christian counselor and allowing God to... Interact with um, all the mental health. Uh, I don't even know philosophy. I don't. I don't know just the stuff that you tell me, and and, and I apply to my life, and it, and it helps me so much. So, yeah. man. Um, but really quick, just to kind of intro you to all of our listeners, um, you have your own private uh, counseling practice, um, which is called Intro. Is that right? Entero. in, in intero. Intero. It's, it's Spanish.
0: I, I didn't set everybody up for success <laughs> with that. But because yeah. entire is the word in English. So, oh, okay. But entire counseling services didn't sound as cool. So I was like, hey, I'm just going to, I speak Spanish sometimes. So Entero in, is is how um, you could say it in Spanish. But Entero is like piñón versus piñón, <laughs> like my last name. So um, it in, was good. It in, was good. I, I, I'm take it. oh okay so my my, my bad man no no i'm not offended it's not a real person it's not not a real person you could call it e i don't care yeah
1: hey so but tell us tell us um how'd you get into um starting this practice um why did you want to call it intero intero why'd you want to call it that and and the philosophy behind it mission behind it uh and and everything that involves with it yeah
0: Well, well i think there's there's still a lot that i'm figuring out about it but i was a counselor at sagu uh, yeah. Southwestern Assembly of God University here yeah. in Waxahachie, and uh, it was going wonderful. I had a, a long-range plan of what I was going to do being a counselor there, um, and uh, one April in 2016, the Lord just said, hey man, it's time It's time for you to do this. It's a longer story, but it was, it was very clear that God was going to do this, and we wrestled back and forth. I'm like, no, I don't want to. He's like, yes, you need to do this. I'm like, man, I never... I never wanted to own my own practice.
1: Yeah, why didn't you want to own your own practice? I man? don't
0: know. I still need to do some work on figuring <laughs> out what, what it was. Probably the fear of failure, Yeah, um, most honestly. I'm just yeah. like, I don't I don't want to do this thing. Who's going to come see me? Yeah. Who's going to come talk to me? People are going to pay me to, to hang out with them and to talk to them. <laughs> I mean, here at SAGU, it's free, so yeah. I can understand why people might come. But yeah. in the community and with churches, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. i said lord if you if this is real you better give me a name for this thing because this will not be Pinon counseling services because that's hard to say (laughs) (laughs) so so intero is not that much better but it's better it's better than Pinon. so this this idea of of the whole the the whole of us and and this the entire self the entire couple the entire family the entire community the entire church the entire world it just zooms all the way out to that of just saying hey when we put all the parts together we get a picture of what needs to be healthy and what needs to be well yeah and that i get i get excited about that about helping people get to that place where they can where they can be well i, I want them i, I want them to, to get to that place and to know that it's possible uh, and when we separate we can say well i'm doing okay in this area but not so well in that one or i'm doing okay in this other area but not so well in that one and that's really where we we run the risk of overcompensating or trying to do too much in one area and giving ourselves brownie points in that area, but really neglecting another important area. So putting it all together, I believe, is what God asked us to do in the greatest commandment—to love Him with heart, mind, soul, and strength. And so there's just there's so much richness behind um, that one word in tarot. Man, I love that. And
1: I, uh, when you were talking, I was thinking about like just fractured, you know, and yeah. how. Um, man, in a lot of ways, not in a negative way, but we can just live so fractured and the churches can be so fractured yeah. and, and divided and, and just separated, not isolated, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how things that are isolated really <laughs> uh, don't last long yeah. and it's it's not healthy yeah. and and just the whole being, the whole perspective, uh, the whole person, like you said, uh, yeah. body, mind. So I love.
0: And, and I, I know that when I ask people, I'm like, how are you? And I just, I say it that generally because I'm talking about all of them. Anything that they consider is in that circle of who they are. And they'll say, well, well, in what way? I'm like, in all of them. Give me, you know, just, just let me know. How are you? Well, mentally, I'm this way or emotionally, I'm that way or, or in my marriage, I'm this way or in, in, in ministry, I'm doing this. And so I'm just, I'm saying all of that gives us a a general picture of how you are holistically. And that's what we want to look at.
1: So what you would say in terms of kind of your philosophy behind counseling is you, and I don't know if this is just you or all counselors, because you're the only (laughs) only one I know. Yeah, be be gentle with the profession. I'm I'm only one. I'm just (laughs) one. Um, but you are saying that um, we can't be doing well in one area and and think that we're doing well uh, like I can't just be doing well in my in ministry or my profession and then slacking in my marriage or in my finances or in whatever area that I might be trying to put work into emphasis into like I need to make sure that all of me is actually doing well that I'm focused on all aspects of my life, not just one in particular. Now, obviously, if something happens and there's you know, a crisis and I have to shift things around, but yeah. the idea, the idea, yeah. the, the, the philosophy would be that every part of my body, every, every part of me is, mm. is work towards health and working towards being healthy.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, wellness is holistic. And I'm not the only one that's, that's championing or encouraging people to move in this direction. Um, I think it's, it, it's as old as the, the, the scripture that Jesus is quoting from Deuteronomy of saying, hey, we need to love God with everything. That's the point there. Yeah. Uh, in Deuteronomy, they don't use the word mind because it didn't exist in that language. But yeah. then when he's contextualizing it for the New Testament audience, he throws the word mind in there Yeah. like a, a word ninja and, <laughs> and just is saying, hey, look, all of it. That's the point, that yeah. you would love God with every part of you because that, that, protects, us, that protects us to be able to say, hey, if I, if I isolate, then I can amputate this area, and, and it's not something, it, it's something that, that can lose life. It can, it, can, it can go to the wayside, and I can say, well, my left arm is really strong. I don't even care about the right one. Wow. Um, and so we want the whole um, is, is so important. And, and there's, a, uh, um, you know, people talk about this wholeness idea, um, and I think that it started in the Bible. I think there's no one, no one that came up with that before God did. He wants us to be whole
1: yeah when you said isolate can amputate i was like yeah peter that is such a great <laughs> that's a great way to think about it man yeah. that's a really good gosh one-liner you can't just if you're going to be doing that the whole podcast man no, it's bro, just I'm gonna it's it's my salt.
0: brain bro so be gentle with me i'm, I, I I'm just it. trying my best i love it so what throw so it what, out there
1: what made you um want to have the uh, uh this perspective of loving god um allows you to be whole like when you're saying love God with all your heart soul mind and strength like how how did Deuteronomy this Deuteronomy passage even come to be you know because a lot of people can look at wholeness and it can be something totally you know not loving God it can be you know something just be healthy with whatever you eat and do mental exercises Mm -hmm. so how did loving God become a part of this lingo and your lingo, and, and talking about this.
0: I think when I started looking at scripture and noticing that there was overlap between the concepts of heart and soul and spirit and mind and, and all of these internal life words, um, there was overlap. There wasn't clear lines. And anytime things are not clear in scripture, there's a purpose. Mm. I think it's because it's not supposed to be so separate, it, wow. it needs to be looked at. Yeah. I can't, if I'm thinking something in my mind, it's going to get to my heart, it's going to impact the way that I'm feeling or it's going to impact me eternally. There's a there's an internal, uh, eternal part of me that is in there that needs to be taken care of. And if I don't take care of that part, then it's going to inhibit my ability to love God back. I'm responding. Me loving Him is just me responding to Him. And if I'm just saying, well, I can love Him with my mind by just repeating the Scripture over and over, but if it's not in my heart and if it's not in my behavior and the way that I'm actually walking it out, then... There's 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 issue there, so we can give ourselves this this um, this grace or, or even yeah. extra in, yeah. kind of like enabling ourselves of like, well, I read a scripture or I read a chapter or I read a book of the Bible today, so I'm good. I don't have to walk it out in my in my life or or my emotions are crazy. Yeah, you know, I, I don't have to I don't, I don't have to focus on that. I'm just going to focus on what my mind is doing. So yeah. it, it's it's in those moments that. We like I threw out that, that word that we talk about of yeah. overcompensate, yeah. overcompensation or overcompensating. We're, we're leaning too much on one side of us or one part yeah. of us, and we're neglecting the other part. Yeah, it's like it's worse. If you work out one leg,
1: yeah. <laughs> way too much other than the yeah. other, you're gonna
0: look really yeah. weird. Any health specialist, yeah. any health specialist is going to tell you that you want symmetry. You, want, yeah. you don't want to just have one giant bicep. Um, And if you YouTube that, you'll see all kinds of really silly videos of people having one giant bicep. But um, you you said something that's very important is what I'm not saying is, hey, if you have a crisis or if you have something going on, like just like if I sprain my ankle, I'm going to hop on the opposite one until I can get to a place to rest and and recover and go through that process. But if I hop on one leg for the next three to six months as my leg gets better, then I'm going to end up with more issues than that. So... It's, it's the idea of crisis mode is one thing, and getting in survival mode, that's, that's another thing. But once you, if we're talking about wellness, if we're talking about thriving, it's holistic. It's, it's saying, how do I get to that place where, where any area that I have in my life, I can get to my, my highest potential. Not my highest potential based on Colby, you know, yeah. for Peter, but for me, what God is saying in me, what are the areas that God has put in me, and how can I get um, to, to a place where I can say, I'm living well yeah. in those areas, man.
1: I love what you said um, uh, earlier, talking about how not just something that you have in your mind or in your heart, but behavior, um, because like an you know an ancient Israelite in in Hebrew, um, the the Jewish uh, context there is that. There, there are different levels of learning. There's yeah. the mental level of learning. Mm-hmm. There is the, per, the acting level of learning. And then there's yeah. the uh, being consumed mm-hmm. level of learning. Like it consumes you. Yeah. And that's how they view um, being in relationship with God. It's one thing to study, but yeah. it takes you to an, another level of relationship whenever you're acting out the beliefs that you're studying about. And then when it consumes you and God consumes you in every area of your life and you're thinking about it, Continually, like there's just it's not just one thing. It's 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 consuming. It it needs to be acted out. It needs to be
0: thought about. And
1: man, that's that's so good.
0: Yeah, I think it's 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 serious uh, when Jesus tells uh, his disciples and and the people that are asking him questions um, about what defiles a man. He says he says out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And and I always quip on that. I kind of riff on it and say out of the abundance of the heart the mind thinks. And, and that's what's so important. It's not even like, it's a, it wasn't a judgmental thing of like, hey, check yeah. your heart. Your heart has all these things. It's just saying, hey, if you want to know what you believe, yeah. deep down, listen to your thoughts. Yeah. Listen to what, now I'm not saying obey them. Yeah. Not, not like a Texas kind of listen. <laughs> hey, you better listen to me. Yeah. It's, it's like, hey, what what is your heart trying to get you to notice about the way that you're thinking about what you believe deep down? And, and that, because that can inhibit our ability to really love God. Um, and one of the ways that I, I, I was listening on my way over here uh, to the song, Good, Good Father. And mm-hmm. I was just smiling because um, years ago, uh, when Clayton Brooks, our, our worship pastor, sang yeah. that for the first time in yeah. a, in like a worship team training, he sang that song. And I got so angry. I got so angry because I did not believe that God was good. Wow. I didn't believe that he was good. And then when we started riffing on the, you're perfect. and," And I'm just thinking, no, he's not. No, he he did. He allowed this to happen. He allowed that to happen in my life. He's not that stuff, and my heart told me what my mind didn't know about yeah. until Clayton sang that song. Yeah, and it was amazing. I was. I then I, I, I had the responsibility at that point to go and integrate all that yeah. and say I got I got where's this stuff coming from? Yeah, where is all of that? And and it it started a, a deeper level in my journey um, as as a counselor as a person as as a christ follower just to say wow th- I, there are things in my heart that i don't know yet
1: yeah jeez man that's that's good stuff well and i i also think just like uh i, I we've we've talked about this a lot like for me i can i don't even really i can't even really identify my beliefs unless i'm really talking about it you yep. know and unless mm-hmm. i'm able to actually get it out into the open yeah. and and process it because um, i can have I can be thinking about mm-hmm. it one way, but then when I actually say it, I go, oh gosh. Yeah. Like I actually remember, there's been a counseling session with yeah. you and me where I said something. You, you looked at me funny, and I was like, "Is that wrong?" And you're like, "It's, it's not that healthy," <laughs> you know. And I was like, and it really, it really didn't, it yeah. didn't dawn on me until I actually yeah. said it. Until I said I, it with love, though. You did say it with love. love. It no, loving. you're always, dude. You're always gentle and loving. There's never a, a, a condemning tone in your voice at all, ever. But it was really, really great yeah. because, again, I would not have known yeah. that 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 belief may have been mm. a little bit unhealthy until we until I actually talked about it until we actually had a conversation and I also think it's you know we hear that a lot like out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and then mm. we kind of judge people when they say something wrong Yeah. and they're like and you're like oh that's what's in your heart and it's yeah. like no it's that's out of the abundance yeah. if I'm continually saying something yeah. if I'm continually bringing something up mm-hmm. then then I can know hey this is actually something that's that's in my heart, deep, deep rooted. Yeah, you know? can, you
0: can clean it out at that point. Sometimes yeah. I've said something and I'm saying, "Whoa, I th- I believe that until I spoke it out, and now that I hear myself say that, I don't even believe that anymore. I don't I don't believe that anymore, and so I, I I clarify. Yeah, I mean that happens all the time when I'm praying. I'm I'm like, Lord, I really want this, and then as soon as I say that, I'm like no, don't give me that. Please. No, 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 no. I, I, that was just, that was just something that yeah, was emotional. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it wasn't deeply rooted. And that's, that's, what's crazy about our minds. We can, there's some beliefs that we just have memorized because, because they're, they at some point it made sense to us. Like so programmed. we just, we just memorized it, yeah. but we didn't believe it. Yeah, And, and the deepest level is believing it. And so when the Bible talks about the heart I think it's it's addressing this more modern scientific concept of, of of a belief system, where all of the beliefs are connected in some way and they function as a whole and they help uh, organize our view of the world.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh. I had a question. So tell me about um, uh, like even talking about this belief system, yeah. like and how it is connected to the body of Christ, because it's something that you are very um, forthright about, like you are yeah. you always are talking about the body of Christ, how important the body of Christ yeah. is, and, and the belief behind that. Um, yeah, so tell me about the belief behind that for you, and, and yeah. why that's so important in terms of counseling, and why that's important to your
0: practice and in and, and life. Yeah, well, let me scoot back just a little bit yeah. and, and just tell you, um, Genesis has been an incredible book for me. I've read it many times and just tried to understand what happened at the beginning. Because if I'm trying to understand health and wellness, I got to go back. I got to go back over there and say, man, what happened? And I, I noticed this pattern of God creates everything and it's all good. It's good. It's good. It's good. And then he creates man by hand. He wanted there to be this action to it, not just words. Because when we talk about be- behaviors, behaviors can be actions uh, or inaction. Uh, and then they can be words, things that are said and things that are not said. So mm-hmm. God's God's behaving and creating in all this way and then he actually not just speaks it but he says hey let's make man he, he says it and then he does it there is just there's a different emphasis there and he creates body first so the external then he goes internal and breathes into man man comes into immediate relationship with him just connected to God yeah. in that moment and then connects him to the rest of creation and then eventually with connected with Eve. So there's this beautiful picture of, of holistic wellness there um, that I think is, is really cool for me. I'm just thinking like, man, that would have been awesome to be there and think about what it would be like to feel 100% connected to God without sin. Sin is this disconnector thing that takes us away from God. It makes us think that God's not good. It makes us think that God's not able. It makes us think that God doesn't know things or that he's out to get us. But in that moment... That was, at least I know in that moment, when he breathes into Adam, he felt that connection. Yeah. And, and he felt it with Eve, too, because he's like, man, this is, this is a flesh of my flesh. This is bone <laughs> in of my bone. bone. Like, yeah. this is... I, I feel this, girl. We're on the same level. And uh, so I, I, I see that. And I, I, I read that, and I'm just thinking, Lord, that's what's coming. That's the hope. That's the hope on the other side. We're going to feel that again. He, he had that in his plan. We're going to get there. But what about right now? What, what is our goal right now with health? And wellness, that was that was a kind of a, a big moment for me, um, in, in that of just trying to understand, you know, what's so important about connection, and I, that's where I got that from from the old from yeah. the Old Testament. Yeah. Then I think as Christians, we're trying to say, okay, that's in the Old Testament, but wh- where can <laughs> yeah. we get to now? How do we get how do we get from that place yeah. of Genesis? Okay, they 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 messed it up. You know, spoiler alert, it didn't work out well for them, and um, I noticed. As I, as I was reading Romans, Romans has just been a big book for me. I've read it multiple times a year for the last probably almost eight to 10 years. Um, it's, it's, there's been so much there of just understanding um, the, the way that, that Paul is condensing all that's happened for these Roman people so that they can understand what's going on. So specifically, I'm gonna zoom into uh, Romans 12. Okay. But Romans 12 tells us that we can give our bodies as living sacrifices. That's And, and so I noticed there's the same external, internal, and then around with the relationships. The same pattern that's in Genesis is there in Romans 12. And the emphasis is on connection, It's saying, hey, when you give your body, and this body, if you look at what some of the commentators, a lot these people that are smarter than me are saying, is that it was holistic. It was saying give every part of yourself as a living sacrifice. You don't have to make a sacrifice to atone for sin like Adam and Eve had to, but you're making a living sacrifice and then you keep on living. You keep on doing this thing that God's asking you to do and that is what worship is. Worship is that connection. So before we even get to transforming your mind mm-hmm. in verse 2, he's talking about that. He's talking about offering your body there. Complete surrender and in, in, in ultimate connection again. And we know this. As Christians, when we engage in worship and we let every other thought that could be in our minds go, yeah. and we just say, man, there is a creator up there. Yeah. And he's on a throne, and he's good, and he's powerful, and he's everywhere. But also, inside of me, yeah, he knows everything and and about me and yet still loves me. yeah, and he can do anything but he decided to give me life and breath. so that's that's where the connection comes. I mean, I could unpack the whole thing, but that right there, that's where I, I saw that. I'm like, that's the connection we're going. we're going for worship. Worship is that opportunity to reconnect with God. and I feel like we're probably experiencing a fraction of what it felt like when when Adam was breathed into, but that's, that's part of it. That's what Paul is saying. You come back, and you give your life as a living sacrifice. That's what worship is, and that sets the context for connection in all other areas. Okay, so
1: you're saying when it comes to you helping, counseling, and the body of Christ being a part of... Um uh, an asset to us as believers, it's yeah. it's 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 coming back to Genesis mm-hmm. in the beginning, yeah. and going, hey, uh, we were connected with God, yeah. externally, internally. Um, now, uh, because of sin, we are disconnected. Mm-hmm. But because of Jesus and all the things that you know, Paul's talking about, he's saying, hey, this is our way to yeah. be connected again. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what you're saying? Am I saying yeah, that correctly?
0: Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's that's exactly what we're saying as Christians. I mean, it's, it's not just my stuff. It's, yeah. this, is, this is Scripture. This is the, yeah. the idea of we have to start with being connected to God, and any time you connect to God, He's going to try and connect you with people that He loves. You can uh, say, hey, look, Peter, you're really—I love you. Do you know Colby? Let, let me put yeah. you in touch with Colby because you and Colby, I mean, you guys would really—oh, man, it's going to be great. He's making he's this this master connector and putting people together and saying, Look, I want to meet your needs and I want I I want you to know that I love you through my being, but I also want you to know my body. I want you to know your place in my body. And if you follow that that passage in in Romans twelve, it goes from, Hey, offer your body as a living sacrifice, that's worship, then you can be transformed. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't say a lot of times we think that it says transform your mind your mind is transformed but it's saying you you're transformed it's, it's it's alluding to all of you being transformed yeah you're transformed but by the renewing of your mind you'll see signs of transformation because your thinking is different Wow, you're not thinking the same way anymore yeah you're transformed because you're already giving your body as a living sacrifice you're engaged and connected to God the creator of the universe in worship and that's when you start to notice that that's where the transformation is coming from. And you'll say, man, your, your mind is not, you're not, those patterns of the world don't even look believable anymore. Yeah. How can I believe that it's all about money or things or food or security, all those things? It doesn't, those things don't matter as much as being connected to God and His body. And later on in the passage, the rest of, you know, verse 3, verse 4, if you go down all the way to verse 21, it's talking about relationships. Wow. Being in connection with the body of Christ. And and it says, For just as each of us has one body, this is verse Mm 4, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Yeah. And then he goes in and lists these seven gifts that we have. So there's there's this picture there in Romans of, you go and you reconnect to God and worship. That's the closest we can get. Worship is the closest we can get to the garden of feeling that connection with God. And then he puts us into connection with the body. That's his goal, that we would take our place in that body. So he starts off with body, our body, uh-huh. and then he, he, he ends it up by saying, be a part of the bigger body. Yeah. And that just started blowing my mind <laughs> as I started <laughs> reading this. I'm like, man, this is, I'm over here praying, God, make me so healthy and let me be so well as a counselor, that I never need anybody,
1: Yeah. that
0: I I just, I just, me and you, God, I don't, you know, let everybody else fall to the wayside. (laughs) I don't need anybody, but it was all because I had trust issues. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to trust anyone. I'm a counselor. I don't want anybody to know that I have issues, (laughs) depression, anxiety, uh, trauma. I don't want people to know that about me. So I'm just going to pray and say, God, help me to be (laughs) self-sufficient (laughs) <laughs> By you. I'm, I'm, I know I need yeah. you. I know yeah. I need you, God. Yeah, you know, we all know that we need you. Yeah, we but, need you, Jesus. But I want you to make me so good that I don't need anybody else. And he just, it's, it's its almost like that same look that I give you. I try and look at people the way that God looks at me. of just like smiling and loving. And the Bible talks about Jesus looking at someone and loving them. That's what I try to do. Because I feel like that's what he did for me in that moment when I kept on praying those prayers of God help me be self-sufficient. And he looked at me and said, look, the best I have for you is the body of Christ. It doesn't wow. get better than that. Like it, it, it's not perfect. It's not per- I'm perfect. I, I, I wanted you to have a desire for perfection so you would always turn to me. You would always go to me. And that's where the good, good father song says, you're perfect in all of your ways. Mm-hmm. The perfect is him. Yeah. We have a beacon inside of us that wants perfection. And if you turn it to yourself, you'll destroy yourself because you'll try and be perfect. Wow! And if you turn it towards other people, you'll try and make other people perfect and they'll fail you. But if you turn it to God, it, it always takes you back to worship. It always takes you back there. And when you worship God, God's always going to say, hey, look, remember you're in the context of a body. Be yeah. a hand. Be the best hand you can. Be the best foot you can. Yeah. Be the, you know, I don't know if someone is like a belly button or whatever <laughs> it is, but we all, we all have our place. And, and all of us have been a part of a team at some point, I hope. If we're leaders. You know, we've been yeah. a part of a team where we at least had a moment of that, where yeah. we felt like we were being the body of Christ. Yeah, we were connected to God, and we were connected to each other. And man, that is what I strive for. That's yeah. that's my goal in life, is just to be connected to Him and be connected to other people. Man, I, I love what you said when you said, when you're
1: talking about worship being the way that we connect with God, and that being the first priority, yeah. that being the first thing. Yeah. Being connected to God being the first thing, and then there it is. There is a necessity to be connected to the body. It's not like yeah. an option. No, because it goes back
0: to what you said yeah. earlier. Isolation. I, is empty What was it? Amputation. I don't even know. I, I just it just flowed out of me. But but I think that that's that's clear because in the body of Christ, if we start looking at man, Colby's this mouth over here. Yeah. He gets a microphone, and I'm just over here in an office. Yeah. I don't have a podcast. I don't. I don't have. I don't have yeah. influence. I don't have a book. Yeah, I, I'm not as important over yeah. here. So this isolation in your thoughts starts to leak out into your behavior, yeah. and now you start saying that this other part of the body is more important than this than the part that you are, and it start it, you you self amputate in wow. that moment wow. of if, if it's just a moment, but it might be it might be a whole season, and some people live their whole lives in amputation. From the body and I'm talking specifically about those that have accepted Jesus walk with Jesus and then leave yeah the body of Christ those that haven't known yet they've never been grafted in we're not talking about them yet we're just talking about us us as Christians we have connected and we got into the body and we started noticing the imperfections instead of saying man the perfect one made this the perfect one made this what a great and this body this body can do things that just this body of who I am cannot do. I can't do this on my own. And that's okay. I can't God God is not gonna answer these prayers of self sufficiency because He designed us to be connected to each other. He wants me to need you, Colby. That's it's good, a beautiful man. thing. I'm okay yeah. with that now. Yeah. I I love you. I need you. We need Micaiah. Like yeah. it, it, we, we need each other. All of us right now in this yeah. room are serving our purpose. We're being the body of Christ. And that's what's so beautiful about this. Of like, just because mic- Micaiah doesn't have a mic right now, that doesn't mean that he's not serving the body and that he's not using his gifts for his honor and glory. Yeah, And I, I, I mean that. I'm not just saying that. I'm looking at him right now and saying, I love this guy. Yeah. For those of
1: you who don't know, Micaiah is on our team, and he yeah. is he is actually sitting by helping us do stuff. And yeah. it, it makes a, a complete sense. Like Just because he doesn't have a microphone doesn't mean he's not uh, uh, valuable to the I, body. I couldn't do this without yeah. him. Actually, we all couldn't do it without Makai, like, honestly. Well, I just, I'm speaking for
0: myself. I'm speaking yeah. for, for this part of the body over here. Yeah,
1: yeah. I lo- um, Go back to you You make this train of thought, and you, um, you uh, revert back to this multiple times and talking about your thoughts and yeah. how then it formulates to beliefs and then it, how it formulates to behaviors. Can you yeah. touch on that just a little bit so that people who may be unfamiliar with this um, way of thinking, because um, yeah. I know for me— um, in a lot of ways, I always, I, yeah, I, I never put that stuff together. I would just always, yeah. I, you know, yeah, I've learned sometimes, I've read some books about, yeah, your thinking yeah. can direct your behavior and all this other stuff. Yeah. But yeah,
0: can you just unpack
1: that just a little bit?
0: So, part of the way that I understand it, again, there's still so much that I'm learning, but I understand that, that thoughts are important, thoughts are, thoughts are significant, but beliefs are even more significant because beliefs are not always conscious. If a belief is conscious, it's a thought. Okay. If it's not conscious, you can still have the majority of our beliefs are in there. They're in our brain. The brain is the hardware. The beliefs are kind of like the software Yeah. and all of our software is different. Even though we might have a healthy brain, we could still have beliefs that are not true. And the only requirement for a belief is that you have to believe it. It doesn't have to be true. So you can Mm -hmm. have this belief inside of you. And and a lot of times uh, there's something that actually happens. There's a fact, there's an event, there's something that takes place. And we write a belief in our mind in that way, and and so that when that belief's there, it, different things can trigger it. Different things can bring bring it up. We use the word activator, um, in, in in my practice, just because um, some activators are good, and some activators are not so good. Um, so I use trigger to say this is an activator that is negative, <laughs> yeah. and then positive activators. I mean, I I mean, if I get a a surprise check in the mail, I'm like, dude, this is great. This is, (laughs) that activates my belief in saying, man, this is awesome. This is, you know, this is a college fund or this is, you know, paying off a bill. You know, this, I I instantly start believing certain things that, that pop up and the, the activator or the trigger does not write the belief. Yeah. It just brings it up. It brings it up there. So the belief is activated. Then we start feeling something because our beliefs are emotional okay they're emotional that's the difference As a thought you can just it's have a emotional. surface level thought you could you could memorize something yes. like if i could say santa claus is real yes. that's a thought that i have memorized yeah but i don't believe it yeah uh, sorry <laughs> we're, we're getting into this <laughs> oh, I, I dude, may have, if there are dude, children okay go to peter's counseling if, if there are <laughs> children listening <laughs> to this santa is real <laughs> if your parents say so but if he's if your parents say he's not then he's not um, but that, that's that's a, that's something just, I have you memorized. Just,
1: you just destroyed Santa I know. I know. Please,
0: uh, you you'll need to put a, a parental advisory on this podcast uh, yeah. for sure. But but I can I can memorize okay. something yes. and, and still not believe it. Yeah. But, but if it gets activated, it's because I, I I believe that. So there is emotional connection in my gotcha. brain and in my heart. That's there. So okay. I'm, I'm, I'm believing something, I'm thinking something, and my engine is revving and it's ready to do something. And, and I use behavior instead of action. People say action is king. I don't think action is all that cool. To me, it's, it's the whole spectrum. So on one side, we have action. On the other side, we have inaction. So I pay attention to behavior because I'm looking at what people do and I'm looking at what people don't do. I'm looking at what I do and I'm looking at what I don't do. Um, so, like, if somebody doesn't say hi to me, that tells me something. If they usually say hi to me, so action is not—it's not all about action. It's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's about behavior and being able to understand that. And if they're behind every behavior, now this is a big claim. I might not be able to ever prove this, but yeah. behind every behavior is a belief. Yeah. So yeah. that—that's my—that's my claim of saying if—if if I'm doing something or not doing something, there's probably a belief there. That that got written at some point. Yeah, and and it's just getting activated in that particular situation.
1: One of the things that this brings to mind is, in one of my sessions with you, and I'm going to bring this up because it's it's game changing. Say it. It's game changing. I always, for some reason, I just had this belief growing up that your activity um, determined your value. Yeah, and what you did determined how valuable you were, and yeah. so my inaction mm-hmm. would cause emotional, mm-hmm. like, Oh dude, I stink. Or yeah. Oh dude, I'm not good enough. Or Oh man, I'm not, I I, I gotta, I gotta get better yeah. because my value is tailored to my activity. You yeah. know, I had this belief sure. and I remember, you know, we were talking and yeah, yeah. And I was like, Oh, junk, man. Whenever we were talking about just beliefs and behavior and how actually yeah. your identity is, is what determines activity. Yeah. Uh, not, you know, <laughs> you know, your belief about yourself yeah. is what's going to determine your your activity, and your activity doesn't determine your value. You know, yeah. your value doesn't come from uh, uh, what you do. It comes from who God says that you are. And just, you know, you being you, you're the only Peter yeah. ever in existence. Thankfully. I don't know if the yeah.
0: world could have handled any other... Any other uh, Sporadic <laughs> thinkers like me, um, and I'll, I'll tell you where this idea yeah. really became real to me. Um, really became real, um, seriously, because um, I, I was reading uh, Matthew is one of my favorite Gospels, but really any one any Gospel that I'm reading is is really a, a really good one. Um, but Matthew was the first one I ever read, so it just it has nostalgia for me. Yes, yeah, I, I get to I get to uh, chapter three, and in chapter three verse seventeen. God tells Jesus as he's getting baptized, you are my son, I love you, I delight in you. And when I heard him say that to Jesus, I was like, hey, why can't you say that to me? And I, I, didn't, I was a new Christian, I didn't understand that he could say that to me, but I wanted to hear that from, from the Lord. Um, but what was really cool is that I, I, I saw that at least in that gospel, he hadn't done anything yet. He yeah. was saying, you're my son, I love you, I delight in you because you healed the blind, because you fed the 5,000, because you casted these demons out of homeboy named Legion. like he, he wasn't affirming him because of his behavior. So what he did or didn't do or said or didn't say, he was just affirming his sonship. And out of the sonship just flowed this, these beautiful words of, I, I, you're my son, I claim you, and I love you, and I delight in you. You bring me delight just because of who you are Um, And I see you in this moment, and I want the whole world to know this, and and we do, we know that, we know that in that way. Um, And now I know that that's something that God is saying to all of us. Yeah. He, He can he can look any human being in the eye and say, "You're mine. I claim you. I don't want anybody to perish. I want I want you to know that I love you and I delight in you just because you're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter." Um, and, and and that was a big moment for me. I was thinking not only how awesome was it that he told that to Jesus without any behavioral accolades or accomplishments or trophies or books or anything. He's just saying that just because of who Jesus was, just because of his obedience and coming to earth and, 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 and walking in, in that pathway, that comes. Um, the second thing that was blowing my mind about that that interchange was you go— uh, and it says that the Spirit leads him out into the desert in, in chapter 4. And, and Satan's first words, God's first words were, you're my son. And Satan's first words are, if you really are the son of God, depending on the translation. Yeah. But Jesus is affirmed by God, and then he's tested and tempted by Satan with sonship. I'm like, I'm, I'm over here thinking, love is the biggest thing. Love is the biggest thing. Why did he go after sonship? Why did yeah. he go uh, uh, after the, him being a son? And it really got me going back to this connection thing with God of just saying, man, because if God can affirm sonship, then everything builds on that. Yeah. And if Satan can get you to believe that you're not God's son, then there's the, the hope for love, the hope for feeling like somebody can delight in you is not there. Because, because if, if I tell my son, look, I love you and I delight in you, but you're not my son. He's not going to be like, thanks, dad. <laughs> because yeah. he wants to be claimed by me. Yeah. He wants me to look at him in the face and say, so bro, you're mine. I love you. You're my son. You're my son. You will never be anyone else's son because yeah. you're mine. And, I, and you'll always be my son. And I'll always love you. And I'll always delight in you. Now we're going to work on behavior. But right now, I want you the foundation to be that you're my son, and I love you, and I'm with you. And what did, what did Satan do? I, I want to close this up just so that you understand that he goes, you got to do something. You have to do something to prove it. So God already said, hey, wow. look, this is not even this is not provable. But he's saying, if you can prove to be your own provider, show your godness and turn these stones into bread. Now, that's not a temptation for me because I don't know how to turn stones into bread. But he was, he was calling out Jesus as a man because he was hungry after 40 days and weak and tired, all this stuff. And he was, he was saying that he needed to prove his God-man-ness. Wow. Turn these stones into bread. Be your own provision because God's not going to do it. There's all kinds of things there. And, and Jesus responded with some of the most beautiful words in Scripture. He says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And he's quoting, going back to Deuteronomy again, which is, yeah. he, he loves that book. And, and it says, he's like, no, in, I don't know if you've read chapter three, but in chapter three, God already said, I'm his son, regardless of what I do. I'm his son. So I don't need to turn stones into bread. I don't need to throw myself off of the, the top of the temple. I don't need to bow down and get all this stuff. Nothing, everything hinges on what God has said about me. And he's already said that I'm his son. So I don't have to prove that.
1: How often do, man, I, how often do we just, we, we think we have to prove ourselves. Yeah. You know, like I got to prove that I'm a good pastor. Every
0: day for me. That's how often, <laughs> every, every day, multiple times a day. Yeah.
1: I mean, and y- Man, and and I think this is a good segue into my next question okay. because I think um, I could talk about that forever so yeah, you I need know, a segue. I know. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> but it'll go so we can keep going on it. So the 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 biggest issues that you're facing right now or that are coming up in counseling cuz you know as a pastor uh I don't know all I mean I know what people are talking to me about. I know yeah. kind of the issues in in uh, my realm, but you're in a different you're in a different setting. Yeah. And so what What are the biggest issues that you are encountering and seeing um, in in people that are coming to you to receive counsel and and love and support and different things like that?
0: So, yeah, if you could just touch on those a little bit. I think when I was in school, I'm a nerd, so I was looking at the statistics, and I saw that depression and anxiety were the biggest things. They were were global problems. We're not doing a good job at helping people walk through depression and anxiety. Um, And anxiety more because anxiety is a little bit more broad. It could be social, it could be related to obsessions, it could be related to past unprocessed trauma. So anxiety is actually the number one, but it's it's more broad and depression is more uh, specific. Um, so I noticed that statistically. So I, I wanted those to be specializations for me in um, really counseling just because, the, you know, the chances of me having someone come into my office with those issues is higher because they're more prevalent.
1: Yeah. Can you really quick just um, identify the differences between. So you said anxiety is broad, but what is mm-hmm. depressed? Like we think of depressed. We just think of depressed person. Yeah. Like What does it mean? from your perspective or the the medical perspective of depression and what that actually means. And then yeah, like you said, there's social anxiety, there's different anxieties for different things.
0: Well, I think just understanding depression and anxiety from a holistic perspective, you you can't just say it's one thing, it affects the whole. I mean, so if somebody's listening, you gotta go back and listen to what we already talked about. From my perspective, it impacts the way that you think, it impacts the way that you feel, it impacts what you do and don't do, it impacts your energy level, your motivations, your relationships. Yeah. it impacts all of us. And and there are things that are genetic about it yeah. that you can trace back in that way. There are things that have to do with hormones and okay. brain chemicals. There's all sorts of things that are happening there. And so we understand uh, a little bit more now yeah. about what's happening. Um, but because there's so many things that are happening in the body when someone is feeling depressed and, and, and living in it for a while, um, that the, the the game plan, the care plan has to be Holistic as well. Yeah. Um, so it's it's impacting all of us, and that's what most of the disorders impact all of us. If you think about it holistically, they're impacting all these different areas, or at least um, some of the major ones. And um, and so that's what depression is. And depression, uh, some people just think of it as thoughts or feelings, but primarily the thoughts that we have uh, about depression, they're really definitive. They're really they're 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 really intense. And so they're for strong. example, yeah, for example, we're talking about identity. So it's like if I say, I am depressed, I'm making an I am statement. Wow. I'm making an I am statement. And any time that you say, I am, you better be careful with what you put after that. Because when when God revealed himself, he said, I am that I am. So when we say, I am, if I say, I am depressed, I used to say that all the time because I've struggled with depression my whole life. But now I say, I have depression. I have depression. It's here and it could go. And it does sometimes, some days are better than others. Um, so I have depression, but I, I am not depression. I am not anxiety. And so I, I'm really careful with that um, because depression uh, is, is more focused, the thought content is more focused on what is now. So I'm not gonna think of like, uh, oh, I might fail in the future, that's anxiety. I might fail in the future. Uh, you know, what if this happens, what if that happens? All these bad things. Anxiety makes you think more about the future in a negative way okay and depression is thinking more about the present gotcha. in a negative way gotcha. so versus i might fail and right now i am a total failure i, I am I am, failure. A, I am a total failure gotcha. i am this i am that i'm a loser i'm rejected and so we're making a lot of these i am statements even if we're not using that terminology or those words specifically that's the heart behind it is it it feels total it feels like it's it's all of us okay we're all the whole is that thing um and so those are, those are some of the big issues that we, that we uh, see in counseling because that's what we're seeing in the world. Okay. Those are the number one issues, uh, or at least categories of issues that we have uh, in the United States. And, um, and so I, that's what I see a lot in my office. So it's, you know, chances are when somebody comes to see me, it's one of those things. Or they have a presenting issue. So there's, like, there's this issue that they're uh, aware of and depression and anxiety have some role in that. Okay. The third thing that I would mention is, is stress. Uh, when I, in 2016, when I started Intero, um, that was something that I started looking at of like, stress is this issue, this issue that a lot of us have, you know, anxiety, depression, somebody might have those or not have those. But everybody on this planet right now, we're struggling with stress um, and at different levels, in some but, capacity. but especially, especially in the United States, there's this, there's this stress, we're constantly in this survival mode. And we're in this survival mode, and that impacts the way that you think. That impacts the way that you feel. Um, you know, chronic stress is, is impacting us, and our immune system goes down when we're stressed. So stress is really this underlying issue that we see physically. Um, we're seeing the, the, the symptoms of what it's like to stay in this constant survival stressed state that's there, and it starts to, to make the whole crumble. Um, so that's another one that people don't come in for stress, but it's something that I know is there. So that's kind of like the, the, the one that I see a lot in that way. And then the thing that we were just talking about is, is identity issues. People don't come in and say, hey, Peter, I'm here because I have identity issues. But a lot of us do. A lot of us don't know the answer to that question. Who am I? Who am I? We're asking it at an existential, very deep spiritual level. Who am I? And God's over here saying, you're my son. I love you. And I'm pleased with you. I just I'm del- I delight in you just because you are you, and I want you to be so well. I want you to be so well that you show this world what only you can do. Not not on the behavior level, but you loving in a very specific way. Nobody can love my wife and my kids like I can. Yeah, they might love them to the same degree, a hundred percent, but no one can love them in the exact same way because I am her husband. I am their father in that way. And so identity is this underlying issue that we get so confused on who we are. And you can tell by the way that people live their lives. And so I've been very careful not to say, I, I, I say it is my role or my profession, I'm a professional counselor, but, but most of the time in my own mind, I clarify, I say, I do counseling. I, I do counseling, I counsel people. Just so that I don't get lost in this, I have to be this counselor all the time. I think I'm a good counselor because I'm doing the best I can at being Peter Pignon. And so this, I I am Peter. I can say that. I can say I am Peter. I am Peter Pignon. I'm God's son. This is, so anytime I say I am at a very deep level, I want it to be something that God agrees with. I want God, just like when I'm talking to somebody and they agree with me, they kind of subtly nod. I want to talk that way about myself and have God nod and be like, "Yep, you're my son. Yep. You do counseling. I'm okay saying I am a husband, I am a father, I am a friend, I am a, a, a brother, I'm a son. But when it comes to these other things that can get so dangerous to wrap your identity uh, in, we, we got to be very careful how we encode that in our heart because then it can become something that if we lose it,
1: we feel like we lose ourselves. You talked about um, how Satan attacks or attacked mm-hmm. Jesus's yeah. sonship, first, yeah. his identity first, uh, instead of anything else. Like he didn't go after anything yeah. else other. And then he said, "Hey, you have to actually do something in order to have this title. Like if you are, mm-hmm. do this. Yeah, prove it. Mm-hmm. Prove that you are the son of God." Would you say that um, that? overwhelming amount of our issues come from just beliefs about ourselves like you talked about earlier just beliefs are going to start driving behaviors Mm -hmm. um uh or or beliefs you know that have happened to or something happening. just beliefs in general yeah um would you say that identity is probably the biggest issue that all of us have and that you're slowly working through that or are there other things you know depression anxiety those things happen outside someone can be uh have a a great identity and beliefs in who they are, but they're still yeah. str- struggling with depression, anxiety, and things like that.
0: It, it, it's hard to really separate. Again, from a holistic okay. perspective, it's, it's hard to know where you draw the lines. Um, I do know I do know that if Satan attacked it first, it's probably something that a lot of us are, are, are <laughs> yeah. struggling with that we don't really know. We don't yeah. know we're struggling with it. And again, depression, anxiety, are there's so many different things going on in the brain, in the body. Um, genetics, hormones. There's all sorts of factors that are there. So I think identity is something that makes those things more complex. Yeah. Because you know you can be anxious about having to perform. Now, again, you take this 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 big biblical word like pastor, and you put it on someone, and you say, "I am pastor Peter." And it's like, whoa, I need to live up to that. That that means I and can't be depressed. Call you pastor. That means I can't be depressed. That means I can't be anxious. That means I can't struggle. That means I can't ever lust or whatever the issue is. I can't do that because that is, is incompatible with the label that is on me. So when we do, because we will, we will sin, we will mess up, there will mm. be something that we're experiencing that is beyond our control for that moment that we need to get a handle on our identity crumbles. And we start to go back and say, man, I guess, I guess I'm guess i not it. I guess I'm not the pastor. I guess I'm not who I thought I was. And so so it is identity, but it's also that we have to manage what other people put on us. People put these labels on us and say, well, you are this. I mean, people for the first years of, of my career were like, oh, this is Peter. He knows all the answers. I'm like, no, I don't. But in the back of my mind, I'd be like, I need to though. I yeah. need to find, I'm, I'm, I'm a the counselor. counselor, I need to have all of this figured out and I need to, I, you know, there's no way that I'm going to ever go to counseling because if I do, people will know that I have issues. I have issues and, 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 if, and if they know that, then who's going to pay me to help them? So there was this, there was already this this idea of if I'm a counselor, then I can't have issues and I can't get help from anyone. And so I had to rip all that away. I had to rip that away. Now, I, let me say it this way. I, I guess I didn't rip it. I just kind of said, Lord, you need to do some work in me. And he ripped it away. He ripped it away yeah. in a very gentle, loving way of like, Peter, this, this identity is like having a sticker that says, hello, my name is Counselor. And you need to take that off of you because it's, you are Peter. And, and I'll tell you that one of the most powerful words that God has ever spoken to me is the word Peter. Mm-hmm. It's just saying, you're Peter. Yeah, and so sometimes when I'm praying, I just I'll just close my eyes and I'll just listen to him say, "Peter, mm-hmm. Peter." Yeah, and and just it's it's such a sweet sound to hear the Holy Spirit say my name and think, whatever else I could think that needs to mean, it doesn't. Yeah, it just means I'm His son. He loves me. And he delights in me that i'm taking time out of my day i'm closing my eyes and i hear him say peter yeah i'm glad you're here i'm glad that you're offering your body to me i'm glad that you're giving you're 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 giving everything to me and you're just connected with me and you're open to connecting with other people and just coming from a place not of trying to be vulnerable for vulnerable sake but just being honest and saying this is all i have all i have is myself to give to god All that I have is myself to give to the body of Christ and the the beautiful blessing of all of that is is that that's all he's asking for yeah he's not asking for my performance he's not asking for metrics all those things matter because we need to we need to measure those things to be good stewards but those are stewardship issues not identity issues yeah
1: I um, have definitely encountered uh, the the label of pastor like yeah. hey pastor pastor yeah. pastor hey mm-hmm. you know and you you if you're not careful you start to just go I am a pastor and yeah. it's like no I'm not yeah I I pastor people yeah like I am not a pastor sure like I'm Colby. Yeah. Like I have to be that first. If I am not that first, and if I'm not content in that first, then I can't do yeah. the other things that God is is calling me to do. And there, you know, you really helped me to separate that and yeah. help me to identify that and yeah. knowing um, how to work through mm-hmm. that and, and and process that. Um, one of the things that um, you know, we as we're talking to some of our listeners and and, and things like that, how um, you said this earlier. And I thought it was really, really good of envisioning like a label of whatever yeah. you feel like people have called you or, hmm. um, or is on you, and just ripping that off. Yeah, is there something else you know, like a, a practice or something that has helped you um, with your with identity, with working on? Hey, here's a here's a quick little practice that you can do, or maybe there's uh, a certain thought that you can think. Um, I mean, you kind of like just said, hey, envisioning, just mm-hmm. allowing the Holy Spirit to say yeah. your name. Uh, uh, is there another uh, kind of practice that we can, you can be more specific on or something that you've worked with others on?
0: I, I think the, the tool that I would say is, is the one that Jesus gives us in that temptation sequence. Is okay. Every time Satan says something, he responds with depth. And he either responds with Scripture word for word or he summarizes it and contextualizes it in a very healthy way. Um, and, and I call that challenging or thought challenging. Some people call it cognitive challenging. But, but, but we're all putting names on what Jesus did in that moment. Of I mean, He says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So I think that, that for us, we have to get to the place where our belief system, our heart, our minds are set on what God has said about us. So it may, it may merit asking the question of, like, who has God said that I am? And, you know, if you Google that, there's so many lists of these beautiful scriptures. People have already done the work for you, so don't try and reinvent the wheel. But going over these things that you can say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am his workmanship. I am a son. I am an heir. I'm the head and not the tail. And you just start going through these scriptures, and it's almost like just washing your mind and heart in these words that God has already spoken. You can you can spend your whole life trying to figure out who you are or you can stop and just discover it from God and and look at him and say, "Who am I?" Cuz cuz our temptation is for us to answer that question. Yeah. But the creation cannot answer that question adequately. I can I can reflect his answer. I can affirm his answer about you, about me but I cannot define myself. I am not a self-defining creation. I'm one that comes to recognize and discover that. So when I look up and I see God and he says, you're Peter, you're my son, you're my workmanship. You are created in Jesus to do good works. And so it it starts to be more contextual. I start to see that. And and I I, I can apply those in different circumstances. I'm like, today I got to be perfect. And I'm like, no, I don't. I just got to be Peter. Yeah. Today I got to be a high performer. No, no, I need to do my best because that's what that's what God has asked me to do. You know, looking at Philippians four four it talks about rejoicing and it talks about not being anxious. A lot of people think that it means that you can't feel anxiety. No, that's a human thing. We're going to feel anxiety, but not be. We're not going to be overcome with anxiety because we are going to, in every situation, by prayer, reconnecting with God and petition acknowledging that we have needs, we don't have it all together, with thanksgiving. God, you are so good. You have given me life and breath. If nothing else, you've given me breath, what you gave Adam that day in the garden. Yeah. And so because of those things, I am going to receive your peace that goes beyond my understanding. My mind does not even need to get this peace, but whatever that peace is, that peace of your presence, of you being with me, it guards my heart and my mind in Jesus in Jesus. And so that passage, if you look at all this stuff and you put all these these scriptures together, you start to understand that when you understand who God is and that you can be connected with him and that he's on your side and he knows who you are, even if you don't, that gives you a lot of peace. You can acknowledge, okay, well, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm going to be at peace knowing that I don't know what my next step is in my career. I don't know what my next step is uh, in, in, in getting out of debt or my next step in my personal growth I don't know what that is but I know that God does and says so I spend time with him he starts to give me more and more clarity and that peace is what guards my heart and my mind and he puts them together he's his heart and mind so I, I like that Paul Paul does that uh, so going over scriptures like that that okay. that one's a big one of just being able to go through a principle and then use that to respond to our thoughts yeah just saying I know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be anxious I'm going to focus on on, on giving my thoughts to God, on telling Him what I need, on telling Him how awesome He is. Um, and so there's this sequence of Satan says something or a thought pops up in our minds and we respond with truth. So there's a temptation, truth, temptation, truth, temptation, truth. And, and the more that we do that, the more that we believe the truth that we're speaking. And then It's being, not just memorized.
1: Yeah, and then we actually start behaving. It changes. Way. It changes yeah. the way we do things. Um, as pastors and leaders and, and people listening to this podcast, pertaining to you know the issues that you listed um uh, uh we're not professionals yeah <laughs> you know we're not professional counselors um is what you just kind of referenced that like one of the tools that we can use to help people dealing with some of these things or what kind of awareness do we need to have when it comes to depression anxiety um you know what was the other uh it was depression identity, anxiety stress stress identity, identity. You know. i mean obviously i you know Um, as a pastor, I'm like, I feel pretty comfortable with identity, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I feel like I can really help somebody to work through identity just with scripture and and different things like that. Depression, anxiety, like, I don't have a ton of that. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have experienced uh, a lot. I probably have, but I don't, like, feel like that's something that is, I let overtake me too much. But Mm -hmm. the the flip side is, I know a lot of people do encounter that. Um, So what uh, uh, as a pastor, what do what do, am I just going to say? Hey, go to the Bible. You know, mm-hmm. like what? Yeah. Like is there is there an awareness that I need to have, or do I just go? Hey, go to counseling. <laughs> you know, like uh uh uh. I mean, I I'm not I don't want to downplay the Bible because I think that that sure. is um the ultimate tool, and and I think yeah. that's obviously what separates you from you know a secular counseling mm-hmm. is that they're not they may reference that, but that is actually your primary tool. The Word of God is actually one yeah. of your primary tools too. Affecting change and transformation, and so, um, uh, yeah. What would you What would you say to that? I mean, if you don't have
0: an answer, you don't have to answer, but yeah, just wanted I, to see. I think just some things to think about in, in, in answering that question um, with our lives, because there, there's a lot. I mean, I don't. Sometimes I, I'm like, man, I'm still learning so much. I don't. I don't even want to be called a professional sometimes because <laughs> there's still so much yeah, out there. Yeah, there's so much yeah. out there that we that we can know. Uh, so I think that that you know, it's like if somebody that you're leading and mm-hmm. loving has an issue can you take 15, 20 minutes and Google it for a little bit and learn about it, yeah. and get some context? And if you still feel very confused, can you find a local competent counselor and say, hey, look, can I pay you for 15 minutes of your time and just get your perspective on OCD or generalized anxiety disorder or PTSD and, and just start with Google, but then then go a little bit further and think about, okay, well, can you give me one thing that I can do for this person that I'm leading and loving Uh, to do that and so just going going a little bit further because uh, a lot of times when uh, we're walking with somebody and they have a medical issue we refer them to the doctor or they're already going to the doctor um, but we'll still go visit them at the hospital yeah we'll ask them how their visit went we'll ask them how they're doing so with counseling sometimes we just fade into the background hey go to a counselor and then we fade out but it's we still have to be the body yeah yeah so it's like even when I have a procedure done on my body I still need. I don't help. do the procedure. Yeah. But I still care for myself afterward. Yeah. I and still do my therapy. I still have to do my exercises and, you need help and with rehabilitate. That. Yeah. So the body can do a lot more than what than what we are doing right now. But we got really scared because professional counseling came out and psychologists, psychiatrists, and it became a, a legal issue. And we just thought we don't want to hurt anybody. And so it's with good intentions. Yeah. But we still have to be a part of the team as a body of Christ. And so just because we can't do everything doesn't mean we should do nothing. Yeah. And so we got to say, okay, what does something look like? Yeah. What does something look like in this area? And, and how can I take some steps into learning that, w- learning what it is? So a lot of counselors will do consultations okay. with pastors and just say, hey, look, you know, tell me what's going on. And then they'll give you at least some practical wisdom uh, for how to walk with that person um, in your life, whether it's a family member or somebody that you're leading. Yeah. Um, you, can, you, can, you can start there um, yeah. and then they'll give you next steps.
1: Now I'm I'm a big proponent of Christian counseling, and yeah. I think it's a it's a necessary part of of my walk with Christ. I mean, honestly, um, me and my wife it's it's a it's an it's our growth investment. Like we don't I mean we yeah. don't invest too much in books mm-hmm. we used to, mm-hmm. um, but we realize that our mental and emotional state <laughs> has yeah. to be a priority. If yeah. God prioritizes his heart, we mm-hmm. probably need to prioritize it too. Yeah, if He looks at it first, then sure. we probably need to look at that too. Um, but for for those that um, uh, may have never gone to counseling or done anything like that before, um, why would you say it's important? And and uh, and if they can't, you know, afford it, mm-hmm. or they, that's a that's a that's a thing that I get a yeah. whole lot of. Sure. oh, I can't afford it. Yeah. You know, in my mind, I'm going. Well, you need to prioritize it. But mm-hmm. just kind of speak to that. You know, why would you say that counseling um, is is a necessity or even yeah. a, a, a part of? Some a growth plan, and, yeah. and why uh, would people need to pay for it, you know, when I yeah. could just go meet with a pastor, and he can just, you know, look mm-hmm. up counseling stuff, and he can help me and different things like that.
0: I think one of the things that, as counselors, we try and create an atmosphere for is is just being able to um, give people a space to be human. Yeah. So that's one of my goals, is that when someone comes to my office, that they can leave any titles anything that happened in the past, anything that they're scared of in the future, and they can just come and be human. Um, so I think it's a safe place. It's confidential. That's yeah, what I love about yeah, it. Yeah, they can't, I, a, you can't I, talk about it. I'm a pretty trustworthy person as it is. So i am just, I don't I don't talk about what, you know, Lindsay doesn't know, my wife doesn't know who I meet with. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's confidential in that way. Um, and it's legal, but I just, it, it's people's business. I, I want them, them to share their, their, their business. So one thing is it's a safe place. To have confidentiality and just be human. Yeah. Um, so there are there are two times that you would that you would go for counseling is one when you need it and the other one is when you want it. And so I think that it's good to it's good to want it, um, but but maybe maybe it's not the season for you. And so some people have saved up money, just like they would for a medical procedure or something that they really need. They put ten dollars aside for a year and then they'll go. Um, walk out their treatment plan or their, their care plan is a great thing and it means something to them to, to get that you know because you think about it and you get somebody who studies people for a living and you let them walk with you through the process just like we would hire a doctor or a physical therapist um, so a lot of times we say we can't afford something but we don't know the value of it so sometimes it, it's just that we don't we don't know exactly what can happen and I'll tell you just from personal experience uh, for the last seven, almost eight months, I've been in an intensive trauma-focused treatment plan, and and I am feeling so much better now than I ever thought was humanly possible. Mm. There is there is there is freedom and healing that I have right now on this day in November that I didn't have months ago. Well, wow. and and I thought that I had reached my lid. And I'd already been, work, I'd already walked other, other care plans out, but the Lord said, hey, look, there's a season coming for you, Peter. And if you do not deal with these things on a want-to level, then you're going to need to. You're going to need to if you don't want to. So again, God, me and God have this very clear, clean-cut relationship. We don't, we don't uh, go around the bush <laughs> with it. <laughs> um, so we wanted to make sure he, he just said that. And so I, I, I know now, I know now, that it has to be, it can be Spirit-led. You know, I'm a, I'm a Spirit-led person, and so I, something as good is, is to say, do I do I need it? Do I want it? But then sometimes I, I think it's good to ask God and say, God, do I need it? Do you think I need it? Yeah. Do you think I need this process? Because if so, you know, Jesus talks about, like, if you see something that's really valuable, you'll go and sell everything you have to get that. And and counseling, it's not as much about a session as it is about the process. Counseling yeah. is a process. I'm sharing information right now. Yeah. And this is not counseling. Why? Because it's not a process. Yeah. I'm not walking you through the process. And, and even though I know information, I needed a counselor to walk me through the process because what do I do? I'm like, well, I know all this stuff. I know step 10. So let me go from step one to step 10. And my counselors, there, are like, no, Peter, let's go step one. I'm like, okay, well what's step 2? And so just between now yeah. and next week, Peter, you do this. I'm yeah. like, I can do that and this and this and this. And that. He's like, yeah, but then you have to quit your job and only do <laughs> and only do this care plan. Yeah. But you need to just pace yourself and go through the process, and it was so wonderful to just submit to that. It's yeah. so freeing for me, and I said in here, I told my counselor Travis, I said in here, I just want to be Peter. I just want can I just be me? Yeah. I don't want to be a counselor. Like don't don't give me any special treatment. Just let me be a human being here. Um, it it's really cool. So I think I understand not being able to afford it. Um but but at the same time if there if the lord is saying you need it, if this is a step in your growth process, then I think that it merits savings it, like anything else that we value. You know, we can we can afford a lot more than we say. So basically what we're saying we can't afford we're like I'm not willing to save for that or or there's something that i need more than mm-hmm. that
1: yeah i <laughs> have made it a, a huge priority in 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 our life just understanding that if god prioritizes the heart yeah like i'm not going to go to like if i have a heart condition i'm not going to go to the care now yeah. you know like i'm going to go to a heart sure. doctor a heart surgeon and i'm going to invest in that because why i want the best care i want the best process yeah. i want the best plan and like you said we, sometimes we can't even I, we don't even know the beliefs that we have yeah. and they're driving behaviors that we can't we don't even know we're we're doing mm-hmm. and we can't figure that out until we talk about it in a safe place yeah. and then figure out a process yeah. to walk through it sure i mean all the time it's not about knowing something it's going i need help walking through this like is this the right step for me to take yes. is this the wrong step for me to take sure. is this if i play out this scenario how will this turn out i will this be bad? <laughs> Is yeah. this unhealthy? You know, like all of those questions, all of those things, especially in, in in this, you know, as a pastor role, like you, you can't process that with everybody. Yeah. And, and even in, in leadership, you can't just process things out. If you're dealing with a, a, a big situation, you need a safe place where you can go and,
0: and deal with that. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I'm am I'm a firm believer in it. And for us in this, in this phase of humanity, we have been, We have been more about knowing something than someone. And as cheesy as that is, I hope no one ever forgets that. It's about knowing Jesus. It's about reconnecting with God. Once you know someone, that someone, Jesus, will put you in connection with other people. And and that's why I could recommend a bunch of books for people, and those books are great, but that's still knowing something. You need to know someone, the one, and then you need to let someone mm. know you. Wow! Can can you let yourself be known by someone? Can you can you bear all in that way? And it's an incredible process to just say, "This is who I am. This is all. This is this is who I am. This is who I thought I was. This is who I think I'm going to be, but I'm not sure." So just being able to be free, to be in, in that in that uh, that place, because um, in John it describes the Holy Spirit as this counselor. And the word there is it's the, the paraclete, this this um, being that walks next to you. And I just I love I love that. So if you can't if you really can't afford counseling, I think the Holy Spirit is you really need to draw into the Holy Spirit, you need to listen yeah. to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And in counseling, I think it, it, it's so much more efficient as as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, because uh, I'm not looking for truth. I'm not searching the world for truth anymore. I went through that process when I was younger. I searched the world for truth, and I came back to Scripture and the Holy Spirit, and I said, "Wow, it's I want to reprogram my brain and my belief system based on truth because I already know the truth that's in Scripture, and it's there. I've read the Bible, and I'm going to keep reading it until the day I die, and then the Holy Spirit helps me not just memorize Scripture but know it, know it at a deep level. Uh, so it's it's beautiful to have the Holy Spirit there with us. So I think that. You, you want to follow Romans 12. You want to be connected with God. You need to be connected with God. Then you need to be connected with other people. And when you have a Christian counselor or a counselor who's a Christian, yeah. that's a part of the body of Christ, and that part of the body of Christ serves you as a part of the body of Christ, powerful things happen. Yeah, I mean, I've seen people healed from things that they'd never uh, been healed from wow. uh, in my office. And so I, I pray for healing. I pray for God to send counselors into the workforce. Yeah. People absolutely. that know Jesus, people that know the truth, yeah. because I don't freak out because I, I need to find the truth. I know the truth. Yeah. I just want to walk people as they find it, as yeah. they see, they see what it is. And uh, it, that, that is what transformation looks like.
1: Well, we've truly enjoyed, uh, uh, having you on the podcast, yeah, man. Thanks, man. There's So much, dude. There's so much that you said that I want to go, like, dude, we got to have, like, five other sessions just about <laughs> this isolation and amputation thing that you just spat it off, you know? Like, I mean, there's so many other things that we can talk about, and, um, I mean, we definitely want to have you back on Thank to talk you. about... Um, a prominent issue uh, of sexual identity um, and just drilling into that um, even further in terms of um, how do we process this as pastors. And that's a long conversation. We've already kind of discussed that a little bit uh, outside of this podcast, but just knowing that, man, we value you and we're so thankful that you came and just shared your thoughts and and beliefs with us and really helping us to understand, man, um, uh, a holistic perspective. Yeah. Uh, of health is huge and, yeah, and, we, and we don't need to be lopsided in one way or the other but, yeah. um, and uh, man uh, Christian counseling is an asset to us as leaders and it's a, it's a, uh, we need to be a vital part of the body they're a vital part of the body but also we got our part to play thank you. Uh,
0: in that. And so Thanks it's fully. been a pleasure, man. Could I could I just pray for our listeners yeah. and for us right now in this yeah. moment? I just I, I believe that God's Spirit is is here. Yeah. He's, he's with us. And I don't know how the digital and the playing back all works, but I know that His Word is powerful and it's true. And so I just want to pray uh, for those that are listening yeah. and, and for us right now. Absolutely. Uh, can I do that? Do it. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for being our creator, Lord, and, and yes, that God. you saw fit to give us an opportunity to live on this planet, Lord, and, and to know you, that you're not this God that's far off, but you've revealed yourself to us, and you've allowed us to have an opportunity to be known by you. Thank you for knowing us. Yes, Lord. Thank you for loving us, Lord. All of these concepts that we're trying, I'm trying to make sense of, Lord, Yes. you know. Yes. You're the one that knows it all. Lord, help it to be real in our lives and not just be memorized knowledge, Lord, but believe knowledge that, that changes the way that we love, that we lead. Lord, we want that. We want that to be a part of us. Lord, there are so many of us right now in this moment, we are walking through our healing processes and we don't know exactly who needs to be on our team. Lord, it, might, it may be counseling, it may be coaching, it may be mentorship, it may be pastoral counseling, pastoral care on some level. Lord, help us to recognize that we don't have to make these big decisions by ourselves but we can make them with you, Lord. You are walking with us in this process, Lord. Just like you led me on this journey and you've allowed me to walk through this, Lord, do it for my friends too. Do it for my brothers and sisters, Lord, the other members of the body of Christ, Lord. More than anything, I just want us to be whole. I want us to be well. Yes, Lord. Lord, I know that you can do that. If you can do it for me, you can do it for them. Yes. Lord, provide finances. Yes. Provide wisdom and budgets and different things, Lord, to help people get the care that they need whether that's physical or mental, but I know that you're good and that you're going to do that. Thank you for being that good, good father. And I pray that right now that everyone would hear from your Holy Spirit, you are my son or daughter. And I love you and I delight in you, no matter what you do. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Awesome. Thanks for being on with us,
1: man. We really appreciate it.